Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We will observe a moment of silence, and I will hand you over to Brian when that happens, because sadly, of course, as we all know, in the recent past, we have lost our Queen, Her Majesty Elizabeth. Green get us underway and attack the covered end in the first half. Claire with a touch into Dobson, Dobson into Payne, Payne, edge of the area, back out into Blackett Taylor, takes a touch and another one, shoots and scores! Corey Blackett Taylor back in the side and after eight and a half minutes the Addicts have the lead, good football from Charlton, pouncing on the mistake from Forest Green, it was a touch from Dobson into Payne, attacked the area, Blackett Taylor was free on his left, Picked up the ball, took a touch, then took another one to give him the space to slam it home. Yeah, I mean, that, you're the forest green manager, that's all around really poor. You're throwing, slack ball into midfield, turned over, defence is split, half-hearted attempt to block on the edge of the box, allowing Taylor to come inside on his right foot and blast it in your back of the net. If you're going to defend like that all night, could be a 3 or 4 nil. Fine, Bernard. Will cross, decent looking cross. Wallacott gets something on it, but not enough. And it's an open goal for Wickham in the end. Well, nothing really. Forest Green have an equaliser gifted to them, it has to be said. And Connor Wickham has been quiet so far tonight. Equalises. I mean, he's been redundant most of the game. But he's come for a couple of crosses. I said to you, didn't I? When he comes, what happens is as a centre half, when your goalkeeper calls, you stop doing your job. Because you think he's gonna and all you can do is maybe block the centre half the centre forward off. But you know, he's come over the top of his centre half, who's comfortably got that to head clear. He's he's there's the, no one really threatening. O'Connell's gonna deal with that and head it away comfortably. So when you come, you've got to make sure you get it. It's about ten yards outside the Penalty here to the left of centre. Payne delivers it into the middle in his challenges and he's gone straight through the back of uh, Moore Taylor. And that'll be a free kick to the Forest Green and uh, goalkeeper remonstrating with Innes. I'm not sure that's a good idea. Oh, hello. Innes has just got a red card. Was that our second yellow, was it? Was that a second yellow? 
Yeah, I'm being told it was the second yellow. It's a little harsh, isn't it? Yeah, he's definitely been booked. Put it down on a sheet, so if it, you know, it's not a straight red. He's, he's already been booked. And straight up in the air, and the referee blows time on the game. So, hello and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me on this week's show as we look back at that draw with Forest Green Rovers in midweek and ahead, of course, to Saturday's game with Fleetwood plus everything else in between. First up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Uh, great to speak to you. And also joining us uh, on the show this week, finally making his first appearance uh, of the season. He's beaten Chucks and EK, I guess. Uh, it's Mr. Benji Cloak. How are you doing, Ben? Good evening, yeah, all good. I've literally had to dust down the microphone for tonight's show. Yeah, well, there you go. That that pre-season training is finally paying off, finally paying off. So on this evening's show, as I said, we're going to look back at that game uh, with Forest Green very shortly um, and uh, hear the reaction of the boss, uh, Ben Garner. And, and of course, we are travelling up to the northwest to face uh, Fleetwood uh, on Saturday. We've got a little bit of uh, looking ahead to that as well. Should be an interesting uh, clash for the Addicts. We're now four winless, obviously, after that game uh, in midweek. We've also got your views on the performance and your views uh, on the, uh, the the comments made by the non-executive director, Leo uh, Rifkind, about ticketing and, and fans not necessarily turning up at the moment. Another very low attendance. Uh, I think a realistic attendance of around 7,000 in the week. It was announced at 10,000. Obviously, it wasn't quite uh, that high. Uh, so a lot discussions been going on as to why uh, people are staying away uh, and apparently what the club view on the the people who are staying away at the moment ticket prices of course are a big conversation point as well so loads to get our teeth into uh, we just heard there the goals um uh, the impeccable tribute uh, to uh, queen elizabeth ii as well that's why we didn't do a show on sunday of course with uh, the the game called off um but yeah we uh, we we paid our tribute at the valley on Tuesday, as we heard there, and then we played a game with Forest Green Rovers. A one-all draw, Tom. A uh, bit of a frustrating one. Very, yeah. And I think Ben Garner said the same, didn't he, in his post-match. And it's one of those where, you know, uh, it's probably going to sound very disrespectful to Forest Green. But if you want to get promoted from this division, it's the sort of game that you, you expect to win. You know, they're down in the bottom four or five places. Um and you look at the stats at the end of the game, we had lots more shots, we had more on target, we had more possession, uh, but ultimately, obviously, didn't win the game. Um, I don't think any of the chances were anywhere near good enough. Uh, I don't think we really tested their goalkeeper enough. Um, and it's worrying because, yeah, I said first or second show in the season, this is the first season in a while in League One where I'm not saying we can have an arrogance and we can have a swagger about us. I think it is quite a tough division, but at the same time, as I say, we're going into a run of games now. I'll include Fleetwood in that, although I know they're a little bit higher up the table around where we are, where you expect a Charlton side to go and win. And uh, yeah, I, I left feeling very flat because I, I'd gone on Tuesday night with an expectation that we would get three points. We got the early goal and I thought, right, we will kick on from this and get and get more. And I thought for large parts of that game, Forest Green were better. I thought they pressed us better. I thought they moved the ball better. And I think they thoroughly deserved their point in the end, although they were time-wasting a lot at the end. That's that's part of the game when you're away from home and you've got your point. So, uh, yeah, overall, very, very disappointing and, and worrying as well for a team that, 
you know, I'd, I think we're all pretty realistic about where the squad is. But at the same time, as fans, you you hope that we're going to give it a promotion push. And at the moment, we look a, a long, long way short of that, sadly. Yeah, I mean, Ben, I said after the Bolton game that it feels like reality is starting to hit and, and, and the, the further we would get away from that 5-1 win over Plymouth, the further that seems, or the more that seems like a bit of an anomaly. Um, we did start very well against Forest Green, you know, and, and chances were coming and going for, for Blackett Taylor. He took his goal superbly. Uh, you know, Payne was looking lively, but it, it was only half an hour, really. And I think particularly the end of the first half where we conceded the start of the second half where we were uh, under pressure on the counter. It, it wasn't looking good. And then we, we did put on a bit of pressure towards the end, but those clear-cut chances weren't coming again. So uh, overall, quite a, quite a concerning display other than that opening half an hour. Yeah, I agree with what Tom said. I mean, if we've looked at the fixture list, the start of the season, we've, we've had quite a tough start to the season. We've had teams that are in the top 12, and the ones that are fighting for promotion and reasonably done well against them. The likes of Plymouth, who are up there at the moment, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, so to to play a team like Forest Green, again, due respect to them, and start the game so well, you thought we would kick on from there and kind of do what we did against Plymouth. Uh, but yeah, we kind of just were really uh, snapping at our chances. I couple from Corey Blackett-Taylor had after he took his goal so well. He just wanted to shoot and blaze them wide. Um, you said Jack Payne was playing really well and he looked lively, always wanting the ball. We came close with Raksaki's header. But other than that, I can't think of any other clear-cut chances we did have in that first half. And it was, I mean, our last home game against Cambridge, it was a similar kind of game then, wasn't it? We kind of just eased off a little bit and they came into the game a little bit more and obviously getting a goal right on the stroke of half time, the worst time to concede a goal. Uh, and then second half, I, I was, was going to say, I think they had the better chances. I mean, that one where it flashed across goal and it caught under their guy's foot and that header that just went past the post. I think it was worrying. We didn't have, we, we made the substitutions, bringing Jaden on and Jayasimi coming on. But because our formation didn't change, Forrest Green just stuck at their job, knew what we were going to do, hit it long to Stockley, hope for some knockdowns. Uh, and apart from Raksaki's shot that just ble- just went over the bar, we just didn't look like scoring, did we? And I think mm. teams know that, like Cambridge and Forrest Green, they sussed us out there. And I think we just need that plan B when uh, when it's not going our way. Yeah, I mean, Ben, ben Garner... Tom has spoken about trying to work out what a catalyst is for the performances almost slowing down after a while. So we have these these spells, these half an hour. So at Bolton, it was in the second half. Um, at uh, on Tuesday, it was in the in the first half. I mean, can can you put your finger on why we we seem to ease off? Is it something the opposition do to us? Is it some a mindset we have? I can't I can't really work it out. I think it's probably a mix of both. It felt like we got a little bit complacent on Tuesday night. I think a bit like me in the crowd, you felt once you got that goal that the other goals would come and we'd start to sort of take the game away from them. Um, and I think the second thing that, that is our fault is taking our chances. You look at that Plymouth game, which as you say has become a bit of an anomaly, but we took all of our chances in that game and and that's the big difference. As I say, I don't know, we had over 10 shots uh, on Tuesday night. I can't remember the exact number. Might have even been towards sort of 15, 16. And, uh, but very few on target. You know, two or three of those go in and you're 4-0 up at half time. And, and it's as simple as that, really. So I think they're the things on our side. I think also on the other side, you know, when 
we don't take our chances and it is still 1-0. I think other teams are starting to grow in, in confidence now. I, I, I don't think... I think it's too far to say we're soft. I don't think we're soft, but I don't think we've got a fear factor around us. And you could see that in Forest Green. You know, Corey had those couple of, of wayward shots after the goal and maybe Forest Green realised then and you, you could see how they'd set up. Their defence was very, very narrow. They were camped on the edge of their box and basically saying, come on, then play through us. And we didn't move the ball quickly enough around them. The The final deliveries into the box in terms of crossing was... was I'd say appalling, basically all night, and uh, and we couldn't find a way through. And eventually, we you know we we huffed and puffed. We moved it from side to side. They snapped in and 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 won the ball back. And we just didn't look dangerous enough. And I think other teams feed off that and and go. Do you know what? We can start to to beat this team and and to go up against this team. And and they grow in confidence. So I think it's a combination of things. But it's certainly not a combination that's gonna gonna put us in the top five or six places. That's for sure. Mm. Um, we'll talk about the, the fact we did make so many changes a bit later on because I want to talk about um, you know the Stockley Stockley being dropped or well he was injured so for to an extent not starting at least um, but what, one of those changes that did come in Jack Payne was involved in the goal and I do think he was very good in that first half an hour uh, a player that we've probably needed to see a little bit more from recently actually I think he again played well against QPR and then his league cameo since then hadn't been all that. So I was pleased to see how well he did and, and the work he did for that goal. And um, as we said earlier, Blackett Taylor, he needs to take a, a few more of his chances, doesn't he? So it's good to see at least he got one out of the, the three or four he had on, on Tuesday evening, Ben. Yeah, I was really impressed with Payne. I think he was like a typical Charlton player we've grown up loving uh, that just gives it his all, never stops running, his eagerness to be on the ball. I mean, literally, he was always like at his hands there going, give me the ball, give me the ball. And yeah, did really well for the goal. And uh, as you said, with Corey Blackett-Taylor, that Sheffield Wednesday game away, oh, how frustrating was that? He had two glorious chances in that game, which he missed. And he's just thinking, Corey, he's got it all. He's got the pace, he's got the trickery. But it's just that end product that he needs to end to, uh, add to his bow. And that was a, it was a great finish. He little drop of the shoulder and fired it in. And he great start to the game. If we could kick on there, that would have been great. But yeah, unfortunately, it didn't come, did it? But um, yeah, I was impressed with Payne's performance the whole game, really. I think he added another dynamic to our game of just bringing the whole team up with his play and dragging defenders away from positions, which I think we've needed because... Then when you do that, the likes of Raksaki and Blackie Taylor are one on one with defenders, so it gives them more of a chance. But um, mm. yeah, we I, I do think we miss Scott Fraser. I think he's been our best player this season, and, and missing him on uh, Tuesday night, I think him and Payne in the middle would would be good. Obviously, with Dobbo just behind them, I think that would be quite a good little partnership there. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and McGrandles who came in for Fraser, who's obviously off after the the birth the birth of their of his uh, child. Um, McGrandles didn't have the, the greatest of games. I mean, before we still got to talk about the red card in a little bit as well. But uh, the goal we conceded it's a couple of times now. I think Wallacott's just uh, uh, not 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 been too pleased with his own performance in terms of trying to get hold of a cross because um, he apologised to the fans after the game obviously it was uh, a slip from the cross there he was unable to catch it and he, he made the same apology after after Bolton we think for the first goal where again he came for a cross now you know uh, uh, last season I was certainly 
not happy with our goalkeeper not being proactive and not coming off the line. So I'm glad he's trying it, but he's just um he's had a couple of bad ones the last couple of games, Tom. Yeah, I, I, and I put it down to just a bit of bad luck, to be honest. I think on the whole, he's he's kept us in games. He's made some unbelievable saves uh, across all the the tournaments, cups, league, whatever that we're playing this season. Uh, and the fact that these two have come back to back, I think, is just a coincidence. Uh, the fact it's coincided with with two poor performances as well, I, I hope, is just a coincidence. I think he certainly, for me, breathes confidence into into me as a fan sitting there. I hope he does it into the back four as well. Maybe too much uh, confidence in the case of Ryan Innes or uh, certainly too much adrenaline uh, in him. But um, yeah, it, it was a disappointing goal to concede. And it's funny, I, I was sitting there and, and probably two minutes before that goal, I said they have grown into the game, but I'm just not worried about them scoring because they hadn't really tested him at all. And it took a mistake for them to score. And as I said, earlier I think then they grew in confidence and and they improved in the second half Forest Green but until that goal it, it felt like it would have to be a mistake to do it and and sadly that's what happened but it was one of those nights you know the rain was there it was not a nice night for goalkeepers which you know you I, I wish that we tested their keeper a little bit more because it was the sort of night where keepers could make you know basic errors but um yeah, I'm certainly confident in him. I don't think he needs to be dropped. I don't think anything like that. He's a he's a good keeper and he's shown that so far. But yeah, disappointing goal to concede. Mm, uh, and uh, as mentioned there, the, the sending off right at the end, Ben. So Ryan Innes was already on a, a booking uh, after an incident around the hour mark where him and Claire both got booked actually trying to stop a counter-attack. Um, and then we have a free kick, 98th minute, you're thinking, right, last chance, let's let's hope we attack the ball with some aggression, but I, I guess that you, you, you have to do it the right way, and, and when the ball is not there to be won, and he was so far off winning that header, and he absolutely piled into the player head first, I mean, for me, it looked a booking all, all day long, I know there's a couple of fans who aren't sure, but I just, just wonder what you made of that. On first viewing, I think, obviously, the disappointment of the referee given another foul against a Forest Green player. It was just kind of like, oh, and that was our chance to win the game gone. I didn't, I didn't personally think it was a second yellow, but the replays don't look good. Um, it definitely looks like he had, well, gets him right in the back of the neck and he, and he goes down. Um, and obviously with his track record, I guess if that was someone like O'Connell, then we wouldn't be uh, so unhappy with it. But because it's Innes and... Cool, how many sending offs has he had for us now? Is it three, four? Uh, three, three, yeah. Uh, in, 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 well, it's in, it's in like two two and a bit years, but actually he ain't played much of that. So yeah. it's three in not a long time. Three in effectively one season, I think, in terms of the games he's played. So it's not been uh, ideal there from Ryan Innes. Obviously, I do ask Ben Garner about that. Uh, in the post-match, so we can hear that now. I asked uh, Ben uh, after the game what he made of the performance. Uh, during the one-all draw with Forest Green Rovers. We're disappointed with the result, naturally. Um, I think it was a frustrating evening. Started well, scored a, a fantastic goal and we're really in the ascendancy at that point and I think we needed to be more ruthless in, in terms of getting that second and, and they were on the ropes at that stage. And then I just thought we got we just got a little bit loose. We made too many mistakes back end of the first half, um, dropped our levels, allowed them a little bit of hope within the game and that culminated in their, in their equalising goal. And uh, that gave them something to hold on to. And second half, didn't think we started it great, made some changes, and I thought we finished the half really strong and, and we're pushing to get the goal. Uh, we've created enough opportunities to score three, four goals tonight, and we have to be more more clinical, that's that's for certain. 
Um, but yeah, overall, frustrating because we gave them something to hold on to and then they can kill the game, they can waste time and it becomes um, tough to keep momentum and the tempo in the game. Has that been the story of a couple of games over the last few weeks, not being ruthless when you do have your good spells? Yeah, I think so. We, we need to take more opportunities than what we are. We're creating enough um, to score more goals, that's that's for certain. And uh, yeah, we, we need to take those opportunities when we're, when we're creating them. I still think we can create more. Um, but we, yeah, we need to put the back in the ball in the back of the net more often than what we are at the moment. It's that frustration, I guess, what showed at the end there when when Raul was sent off. Have you had a chance to have a look back at this the incident for the second yellow? Yeah, I've looked at it. He, I spoke to the referee quickly at the final whistle there, and he said it was yellow for leading with the arm. Uh, he hasn't led with the arm. The arm's in the player's back. Um, I think he's aggressive with the challenge, but he, he's booked for uh, leading with the arm, which he hasn't done. Um, but you can't appeal it a second yellow anyway, so there's nothing we can do. We have to we have to accept it and move on. Well, do you think there was any any wrongdoing from Ryan? And he's, he's had a history of some little moments like that. Do you think he was too aggressive in the challenge? No, that he's aggressive. He's trying to he's trying to score the goal. You know, and he, he's gone in. Um, it's not. There's no arm involved. Um, if anything, it, it's head on head. So um, I just think with Ryan's size, sometimes it, it goes against him with that. But. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it warranted a second yellow card. But as I say, we can't appeal. We can't do anything. We have to accept it and move on. Yeah, I mean, it was the first yellow for us. It seems to happen a similar time to when Claire got, but it was sort of on the far side. So did he yeah, have anything to say on yeah, that? Yeah, I, I don't know because Sean, Sean got there was a challenge from Sean and he got booked, and then it sort of played on. And Ryan made a challenge, so he booked Sean, moved away, and then came back and booked Ryan. So I don't know if Ryan was booked. I presume he was booked for the challenge because nothing went on in that. Else went on in that time, um, but we we'll wait. We we'll wait for that to come through. But again. There's nothing we can do. That goal just before half time, it felt like one of those things that, that's going to happen when you don't take your chances in the first half and dis- disappointed, I guess, for Joe. Yeah, I don't think it was just Joe. Joe, listen, he's made a mistake, which is very rare for him. And um, But I thought we had a number of mistakes in the five, six minute period before that. As I said, we just got uh, a little bit loose, and that's my responsibility to make sure uh, that doesn't happen. We, we have to have a stronger mentality. Um, higher levels of concentration and focus and, um, and a more ruthless nature to our play. He's quite proactive, isn't he, coming off the line, <coughs> Joe? Um, you know, I've got something to notice this season. I think there was... He seemed to apologise for an incident involving the Bolton goal as well last week. I mean, do you think he's, he's just lost concentration a couple of times recently? Yeah, I, don't, I think the, the one tonight, it's... Um, I think he actually collides with, might collide with Owen, but he comes for it, he's positive, which is how my goalkeeper to be perhaps should have punched it given the, the conditions tonight with the rain but <coughs> we don't single out individuals it's a it's a collective responsibility as a group I don't think we've done well enough in that period at the end of the first half um, and that responsibility starts with me I guess it, it was such a disappointment after what had been such a, a good start and a good opening half an hour or so is it about trying to extend those those periods of the game for longer? Yeah I just we, we need to what I need to understand why we, we drop away from the what we were doing uh, whether we get uh, too comfortable whether we um, want to start doing things differently from what we'd, we'd set up to do I, I don't know I need to find a way of um, improving that and again that's my responsibility to do because I thought we started well we get the goal you know we're ahead and um, as I said I thought we had them on the ropes at that stage second goal would have really put us in control and even then they didn't look like scoring I didn't Although we hadn't got that second goal, at no point did I feel they were going to score. And, uh, and we, we, like I say, we allowed them to get a bit of hope and we give them a goal. Um, and that makes the second half a different game. There we go. That was Ben Garner um, looking back at that game with, with Forrest Green. Um, yeah, four without a win now. Tom, you can't let these runs get away with you, can you? 
No, I think uh, look, I think we, as I said earlier, we're all realistic about where we sit as a as a team. But as fans, you still hope that we're going to be playing for something come the end of the season, and you hope it's obviously at the upper end of the table. And I think it's way too early to say you know we're out of that running. But every game that goes past where we're not getting three points, it obviously makes it that little bit harder. And as I said earlier, we're going into a spell of games now where you'll be expecting to take three points from a lot of them, uh, and that was one that. You know, when Ben Garner was plotting out the season at the start and certainly going into Tuesday night, he'd, I think he would have expected to win. So that's the frustration. As I say, realistically, we're probably about where we we should be with the squad we've got. But as fans, I don't think we would accept that. And we're obviously going to come on to talk about the the investment a little bit later. But um, yeah, it makes the next game, obviously up at Fleetwood, that little bit more important now and uh, and as I say you still go there and expect to get something but not an easy place to go and a long trip and as you say the longer it goes on you could slip into a little bit of a run so yeah I don't think it's panic stations yet personally but I, I know I'm probably at the more optimistic end of the scale but um, yeah it's something that Ben Garner needs to get a grip on soon and, and we need to start winning some games again and, and quickly Mm, right. Well, um, before we hear from some of you guys as well, I've uh, got loads of messages that come in. I think we need to talk about the other uh, major talking point that's come out of this week. Now, on Wednesday morning, uh, we're all sort of getting up after a, a bit of a disappointing game on the on the Tuesday. Um, you know, very low attendance as well. wasn't It wasn't a very good night. Uh, unfortunately, at, at the football. Um, so we're all just sort of licking our wounds after not beating Forest Green Rovers. And we wake up to a couple of tweets from uh, Leo Rifkin. Now, he is the non-executive uh, director at the club who's brought on board, uh, of course, by the owner, uh, Thomas Sangar, very close to the owner. Uh, now, he, he sent a, a number of tweets, some of which ended up getting deleted, some of which haven't. Um, the, the first couple that were deleted, uh, he said, reading some fan comments about Charlton this morning, how would we feel about match day tickets being priced uh, based on our league position, e.g. £2 per place in the league? So we could pay 1 times £2, £2 if we were 24th, uh, 10 times £2, £20 if we're 14th, although I have since run the maths and worked out that actually that's wrong. Uh, if we're 14th, it should be £22. Uh, and 24 times £2 if uh, if we're top. For fo- so £48 if we if we get to the top of League One, which um, the, very little danger of that happening so far. So don't get too concerned about having to pay £48 for tickets just yet. Uh, he then said that the thinking goes, we want to pay uh, to watch great football and vice versa. Uh, we want to see our pound being dedicated to maintaining a standard of top performing excellence at the club interested uh, to hear thoughts. Now, those were deleted uh, but soon after, some similar tweets uh, were put up. Uh, he says, financial sustainability in football means money going out equals the money going in. Uh, this means that the club is its own guardian and ultimately not dependent on ownership funding. We, the fans, as supporting a club in buying tickets, effectively own the decision-making uh, of a club. Quite a few people have picked up on the fact that he said, we, uh, the fans, um, which is... Uh, uh, stood out because I don't think he's a Charlton fan. He says, uh, if we want a better performing team and better funded team, we have to turn up each week and support the team. If we don't, we can vote with it by not buying a ticket and the club will take the hit for that. So if we don't turn up, he says, we're voting for a team that doesn't perform well or get funded well. A fully sustainable club ends up being led uh, by... Uh, the fans uh, he says uh, football is of course much more than a company but a heart of the community it must balance its own soul of being the family dining table for its fans but also in a way that means it can continue to deliver a fine meal and be consistent uh, with what it delivers which is <laughs> almost uh, almost haughtingly 
references the uh, Katrine Mayer uh, restaurant com- <laughs> customers quote there. And then finally says, the question I'm asking myself, and I'd like to hear from relevant fan communities is, are we and how and what and how are we prepared to support our clubs? Now, I mean, the time of it on its own was just hilarious because it was the Wednesday just after we'd woken up after a crap game, Ben. Um, but I mean, th- there's a lot, th- there's some red flags all over that, unfortunately, isn't there? Yeah, massively. I think one of the biggest red flags is is saying we as a fan, when clearly you wouldn't come out with those statements if you were a, if you were a Charlton fan or a football fan in general, really, because you can't again likening it to being in a restaurant. It just doesn't make sense. If you were going to liken it to a restaurant, I mean, literally the money spent this season just on personnel and having the right amount of numbers in our squad hasn't been good enough. So you wouldn't like buy rubbish food and then serve it out for loads of money, would you, in a restaurant? You just wouldn't. It's Yeah, I mean, look, me, myself, I, I haven't got a season ticket this season. Um, and it, I've had one since the age of three. Uh, well, what's just, your reasoning behind that, Ben? What's Because there, there's plenty of people like that this year. Yeah, again, well, that's probably one of the reasons as well. I've had loads of friends I used to go with. They're in a similar boat. Um, look, just a bit of lack of enthusiasm, I'd say. It's just kind of, after the last few years, the bravado that Sangar came along with, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Um, and then just seeing the lack of investment in the squad this season, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to pick and choose my games this season. Um and then, but I didn't expect the prices to be that that steep, um, which I think is crazy, especially the the walk up price, which uh, I think is just ludicrous. Uh, we are in London. You get visitors to London all the time. You'll get people from foreign countries coming over here, and they might go, "Oh, wonder what football game's happening in in London this evening." And they see Charlton, and, go, oh, and they just go, "Ah, oh, that price is crazy." I, I looked at Millwall's prices. Uh, for this Saturday against Blackpool, they're like 27, 28 quid in a championship game when I paid 32, I think. And that was before the 48-hour cutoff for the Exeter game on Saturday. We don't seem to have that cat A, cat B, cat C pricing anymore either, yeah. which I find, yeah, find crazy. But yeah, I think a lot of fans just have come kind of disillusioned with the club because... We've had it before with Roland, and I think we all follow the club out of blind faith, really. I mean, especially this season. Football fans are led by blind faith. You've got loyalty and, and all of that that comes with tribalism and all of that. That You will get a core of fans that keep going and keep going. But mm. the, the, the others, people find other things to do now, don't they? Especially yeah. after years of not going through COVID. It's, it's got to that stage. Yeah, now, so... There's a lot of conversation about why people aren't going, and I think ticket prices play a big part in that. That's obvious, and 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 the disappointment. I think, the, as Ben mentioned, the bravado over the last couple of years. It does feel like a little bit we've been underdelivered because of what the expectation levels were raised to by by the comments out of the club. Now, the the other half of of what Leo said there. I mean, it's, it's interesting, obviously, about the ticket prices. That's something fans are concentrating. The, the other thing is quite a clear. Indeed. I mean, it's a, it's a clear message from the club that they they see it now. Leo is seeing it that it's up to the fans to fund it. So you buy a football club, or you help someone buy a football club, and it's got to the stage now where he doesn't want to be putting a great deal more money in. And we've seen that with the the cost cutting in the summer, um, Tom. We've seen that with the lack of 
uh, investment in the playing squad. Now, there have been wages coming in, but they are tended to be players who've been picked up, you know, for freeze. And there has been a clear change in direction this summer. But now, it's effectively, it's been come out and said. It's up for the fans to fund the club. It's uh, it's unrealistic, you know. There's there's no way that fans are going to be funding the club, especially when you charge them the amount that you are currently. But anyway, there always needs to be investment in this league in order to get out of it. Um, I mean, the, the, suge- the, the, the fact that these are the suggestions coming out of the club about the, the money going going up £2 every time we go up a place. I mean, the, the ridiculousness just of that suggestion, the logistics of it, the, the, a lot of that was just bizarre. The fact that that's the level of decision-making at the club at the moment is concerning. I think... There's, we, we've been speaking a while now. People who know people behind the scenes haven't been too happy with how things have been run recently. You know, a little. I mean, if you listen to our end of the Player of the Year dinner show last year, and this was before Jacko got sacked, so I know some people think we were a bit miserable because Jacko got sacked, but we were saying the same stuff before he even got sacked, and when there was no indication he was going to be sacked, the unprofessionalism behind the scenes. People don't know what they're doing in in, in charge of running the football club. You know, ru- rumors abounding. That's, uh, just another thing, like the, the, the Charlton TV rumour that went around a little while ago, whether that turned turned out to be true or not, and I, I know for certain, about whether the, the 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 ability to watch it overseas and in the UK, it, it, the ability to watch it in the UK had been turned on despite the fact it shouldn't have been. The fact that that has also given access to people, like fifty, like 10 people could watch that for a tenner rather than all of them paying to extortionate prices. Just another breakdown in strategy for me anyway, but... There's a lot of concern that's come out of this. This is a clear message that's been sent by the ownership this week. Where we are as a club, what the expectation levels are as a club, the understanding of a fan base by the ownership, which is obviously not very good there, and and the fact that the decision making is bizarre as well. But the, I'm, I'm I think this has been a real eye opener for a lot of people who perhaps haven't heard some of the stories that we've heard, Tom. Yeah, and I think that last point is kind of where I plan to start my answer anyway because up until about a week ago I couldn't decide whether I'm late to a crisis and I'm going to look very silly that I wasn't thinking about a crisis earlier or whether everyone is panicking for as far as I could tell no reason when actually things are fine and I think this last week or so has very much if nothing else had uh, identified what side of that you know is the case um it feels very much like it's it's become a bit us and them almost and and that seems totally unnecessary uh i think the silence from from thomas is very strange uh again i know uh he was maybe a bit too you know went into a bit too much detail or tweeted a bit too much but we've heard nothing really mm. from him We've got fans fans forums going on yeah. pretty much as we record, so at some point there will be messages out of that, which I, I believe Sandgard is um, attending. I don't know if it's virtual or in person, but I believe he's attending that. So that will be that will be fascinating um, to hear that. I think the the overall takeaway I get from all of this is nothing feels quite right, and it, it feels like it feels very corporate, and it feels like it's losing its its charlton-ness. Um And there are aspects of what they're trying to do that. I think are right. We all know there's a problem with finance in football, right? So that does need changing. I think a, a, a club looking to bring in more revenue through methods, whatever they are, is a good idea in principle. 
I, I think the suggestion about the the ticket prices going up and down, I would hope is a little bit like Tobolian and his north versus south thing, where I think the actual idea itself is mental, but maybe it's just there to trigger a conversation about how can we do this better, which again, I think on in principle is a good idea. But everything that's happened behind the scenes, everything that they're saying this week, the corporate feel of it all now, and I think ultimately the feeling that we get as fans that the person running the club isn't really sure what he's doing, all of that is very, very concerning. And I don't really know where we go from here now. I think Thomas needs to be very clear with fans about what his agenda is because, again, we're not expecting him to invest 20, 30 million pound a year in the club to keep us afloat. But he knew what he was getting into. He'll have seen the books when he bought the club. He talked about the, what was it, his quote, 20 years of bad management or whatever he said. He's seen the books. He knows the money. And for me, the reason that revenue is almost certainly down this year is due to bad mismanagement. And that doesn't rest with the fans at all. Fans will pay for a product. Like Ben says, there are some who are blindly loyal. I've got a season ticket this year. Can't say I enjoyed Tuesday night. I'll still be there on Saturday at Fleetwood. I'll still be there at the home games. But other people are finding other things to do. And unless you convince them to come back, you're going to struggle with money. And you Mm. either get them back by getting promoted or you get them back by giving them more cost-effective ways of coming to the games and try and get them in that way. But... At the moment, as I say, everything feels slightly wrong and it just feels on the edge of becoming a a bit of a crisis again, which sounds mad. This attitude of the club blaming the fans for not turning up. And, you know, I've read that, but you can read between the lines. But, I mean, it's it's what he's been saying privately as well from, 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 from what I can see. It's like... Or you know, certainly reading between the lines on on that as well. It's it's not it's it's not right. And uh, yeah, some some uh, some decisions and and some you know some ship steering needs to be sorted out here. It's not it's not like a point of no return. This can still be sorted out, but it, it needs a change in direction. I mean, there's been a, a statement from the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust today uh, saying uh, they've they've added the uh, the tweets as a matter of urgent urgency to the agenda for for the fans forum. Um, uh, they said uh, the, the idea that fans not buying the tickets is the problem would be laughable if it wasn't so insulting people are lying awake at night wondering how they're going to pay their energy bills this winter most tickets are over £30 uh, there's a multitude of factors at play uh, if fans owned the decision making uh, then they would have ensured that ticket prices remained uh, affordable we would have signed a striker this summer to show ambition uh, Charlton people wouldn't have been made a redundant uh, they'd still be at the club uh, they wouldn't have tried to change the name of the women's team we wouldn't have entertained uh, the sponsorship from Shift purveyors of nfts uh that's also going to be to- talked about the the uh finance forum tonight so yeah plenty of uh, un- unhappiness there we've got some of your messages uh as well again forgive me it's one of those shows where we're not going to get to everything because actually loads of people I- I- we only had a couple so i just pushed people for a little bit more uh, and then all of a sudden uh loads of people uh can't um uh, can't can't have their say because there are too many people have messaged right so let's have a look at some of those messages a couple of emails uh, Dom says I, I thought we really struggled to get Miles Lebone into the game on Tuesday this is about the game um, uh, for for me it isn't a reflection on his part it's just that Corey and uh, Raksaki kept shooting after the first goal rather than trying to slip him in uh, the fullbacks don't be seen to give the wingers options at times it seems a little disjointed uh, in the position he says that for me the biggest frustration apart from the ref uh, forgetting that time wasting is a bookable offence was how forced Kaski stayed on the bench uh, especially as McGrath 
Randall's uh, wasn't looking at his best. Phil says, I'm disappointed to say I've totally lost all my enthusiasm for the game. Uh, the way we're playing at the moment, we really look like scoring, always look likely to concede. Uh, we're so frustrating when we're in possession. Uh, it's untrue. We regularly sliced a 30 to 40 crossfield. Uh, uh, we were regularly sliced open with 30 to 40 yard crossfield passes. Uh, we seem unable uh, to cope uh, with uh, this play. That's from uh, Phil. Uh, David said it's going to be a long season. There's a couple of things that did make me laugh though. Uh, Ryan Innes losing his boot and not being able to put it back on. So he's apparently, well, I didn't see that at all. Actually, <laughs> to, uh, you missed that. He said, what was going on with Rovers uh, number three shorts as well? I missed that as well, Dave. But you'll, uh, uh, you have to keep me up there. And uh, Gary said uh, another frustrating game. Uh, Swindon's record against Forest Green. Uh, they've done the double over them. Considering they've lost their manager and a few key players it's pretty worrying uh, is our squad uh, worse this year uh, than Swindon's was under Garner last year cheers for always that's from Gary uh, and Jake said Tuesday's uh, felt like a, a loss uh, encouraging the football is 10 times better than it was under Jacko though uh, we failed to replace Washington it's becoming clearer by the day Tuesday is stunk of an underfunded and a very thin squad McGrandles doesn't look up to standard uh, I think we missed the final ball quality of Fraser and Kirk well I'll, I'll, I've dropped a, a little bit of audio from Kirk but Garner didn't sound too impressed with Kirk actually when when he was asked during the week uh, you would have seen it on the South London Press website as well I think he feels like he needs a little bit more from him uh, in training at the moment uh, Jake then says attendance was depressing uh, but understandable £32 for mid-table League One games is atrocious uh, beginning to get a bit of a sour taste around the club at the moment with the ownership again I'm not sure I've got the energy uh, to go through this again uh, take care as always that's from uh, Jake cheers Jake thanks very much uh, a couple of tweets as well uh, Joe said it'd be quicker to have a phone in than type all this out bullet points I'm attending and will continue to do so but it's not fun empty stadiums are depressing for players and fans the club has priced fans out it's surprised then that the low attendances are full Valley would have got us three points on Tuesday in my opinion the club is losing revenue on the day uh, losing prize money in May and we will have less leverage from sponsors project break even uh, is broken and flawed and, and that's the the be all and end of it Ben like if that is the project breaking even not spending money and hoping that the fans fund it I mean the crowds are only going to get smaller yeah it's bizarre isn't it and I think it goes back to what Tom said earlier that we need to hear what Sandgard's uh, aim is here because it certainly wasn't what he was saying at the beginning so what's changed for him has he suddenly seen the books and gone oh actually this is too much for me to fund I need to uh, cost cut everywhere to try and make us break even but then you're never going to get promoted like that I mean Sheffield Wednesday Ipswich uh, Portsmouth they've spent money they've brought in players on loan they've got a big squad they're not going to break even this season, but they're going to try and get promoted because where you've got a much better chance in the championship. So just, yeah, bizarre statements like that recently, again, still a roar um, in people's minds because we just mm. don't understand it. Yeah, right. Aaron says, uh, I have a season ticket, but I've only been a few times. When I do go, the 90 minutes of football is the worst bit of the day. The standard of the football is awful. The players look bereft of confidence. Uh, feels like a club going backwards. There's a well-established culture of failure at the club. Um, the King of Cool says, how can this lot be paid to play football but unable to cross the football? Incredibly, uh, incredibly uh, baffling. Uh, Miss Scatty said that the Rifkin thing is absolutely bonkers. Uh, leaving aside the season ticket and the away fine price issues, uh, how would the website cope uh, with rapidly fluctuating prices? Well, that was part of it. Like, uh, if we're, so where are we? We're 14th at the moment, which according to my uh, table, think means we should be paying £22, which is obviously a lot more, a lot less than we are anyway. Um, but yeah, what happens if we, so we win Saturday, we go up to 12th, 
but then we lose lose the next game and we go back down to 16th. But there's tickets on sale for games for the entire month. Like, what what price do you pay? Is it where we are when when you oh, book? Oh, it, 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 it's such a ridiculous thing. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Uh, K Brock uh, says uh, last season I paid uh, I bought kids tickets in the East End uh, for ten pounds plus one pound fifty for my son's friend. My son and I are both season ticket holders. Uh, the cost to bring his mate now is seventeen pounds plus three pounds. I can't afford twenty pounds each game. Uh, so much for encouraging new fans. He's twelve. Uh, Dan said I fear that we might not be too far away from protests or even worse uh, than that. There would be complete apathy and our attendance dwindling even more another good manager let down uh, by Charlton chairman George uh, going back to deadline day the reason people are so angry at TS uh, if he had uh, he had Macaulay Bond done and he'd be a Charlton player but it was the fans that drove him away from the deal why is Thomas Sangard held responsible for that I mean George that's completely untrue it was not the fans that drove anyone away from Macaulay Bond arriving at the club you, you've got that completely wrong I'm afraid it was uh, it's probably more likely to do with the fact that QPR didn't get a striker in sure but it was us who were left uh scattering around on, on the last minute for that but the idea is the fans that uh, drove the deal away from Macaulay Bond George I'm afraid is completely wrong uh, Sam said that uh, Leo Rifkins needs to be immediately let go if not then Sangard uh, needs to sell to someone who is seriously about taking this club forward it's simple reduce the prices uh, to uh, affordable and the value will fill up most fans are not happy with high prices and no money uh, being uh, spent the honeymoon period is over for Ghana says Derek too many changes in that lineup on Tuesday too predictable playing 4-3-3 every week as I feared the season uh, is over by September Emma says below par performances lack of investment staff being sacked while his dopey son uh, is still in a job I could go on we've ne- you've never stopped before Emma and <laughs> don't don't stop now um yeah, we'll leave it there. We've got loads of tweets again. As per always, check our check our our uh, our uh, replies on Twitter uh, to see what a load more fans are saying. But there's loads of people having their say on the comments by Leo uh, on the performance on Tuesday, and of course uh, the fact that the ticket prices are becoming to uh, cause and a bit of an issue. Right, we'll have a break. Uh, when we come back, we shall look ahead to the game with Fleet. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lad. Charlton have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Get in. Come on. What a time to be here, here on Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! 
Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Loads of your messages uh, that we haven't been able to get to, as I said before the break. Uh, make sure you have a look on our, on our Twitter mentions because there's loads of people having their say, and I want to make sure that everyone gets heard. Uh, so have a good old look at that. Uh, people are not happy, though, with uh, the comments from uh, Leo Rifkind uh, on Wednesday on Twitter. Uh, not necessarily overly delighted with the performance against uh, uh, against Forest Green. I have loads to talk about. Now, I want to turn our attention to Fleetwood. Um, and, and I want to talk about, first of all, I mean, we, we did make six changes for that game with um, with Forest Green during the week. And I did think that would be interesting just to get a gauge of where Ben feels like he is currently with his squad. Uh, you know, the standout one, obviously, Jaden Stockley, benched uh, partly due to an injury as we'll hear here but it was still an interesting uh, decision with Miles Lieburn coming in uh, in his place um, so I did ask Ben uh, if for that game with Forrest Green if he felt he needed to he had to shake up the squad after the loss at Bolton a couple of weeks ago no not necessarily a, a shake up um, it was a case of who'd done well in training and what we thought the team was right um, different reasons for different people um, good news Scott Fraser became a, a father yesterday so we're, we're absolutely delighted for him and his family um, but obviously he wasn't available tonight for, for that reason and um, yeah we, I, it was a team that I thought was right to start the game for, for the reasons tactically that we set up and I think that was the case the way we started the game and the spaces we exploited um, was good and uh, end of the first half start of the second half wasn't as good um, to change shape and then after that I thought we were complete control of the game in the closing stages it was just a case of whether we were going to go and get that goal I mean Jaden uh, not starting was probably one of the, the, the main things that stood out for fans <coughs> what was the, the decision making behind bringing Miles in for him yeah I mean, Miles firstly deserves an opportunity to play because he's, he's done well um, Jaden didn't train for a couple of days last week with a, with a little bit of a tight groin so I was going to play Miles on Saturday um, and obviously the game's called off and I thought it was right to, to leave Miles in and give him the, the start tonight. So at the moment, we've only got Miles and Jaden who fit the world class as, as centre forward. So I do have to be a little bit careful in terms of there's no point risking one of them if they are tight or feeling anything because I can't afford to lose either of them long term. Has he got any chance of being able to start then on Saturday? Is it that sort of ballpark that he's in now? Jaden. Jaden. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. I say he missed a couple of days. He's trained from, from Thursday onwards. Um, he's come on tonight and I'm fine so yeah he's, he's no problem now moving into the weekend Chuck's getting any closer I haven't asked for a while he's getting there um, <coughs> he's um, yes yeah, a little period of time with, with Chucks but he's, he's getting there he's, he's working hard his attitude's been great and his rehabilitation and um, yeah it'd be a, a big positive when we can get him back there we go really interesting stuff from Ben there and just, just added in at the end that, that Chucks and EK is still a little while away as, as to be expected I'm afraid Tom um, where should we start the fact that Miles Lieburn started up top, I, I think a lot of fans have been calling for that. And I think I'd always been a bit reticent about that actually happening uh, because then we'd see what happened on Tuesday. I'm worried. Yeah. And this is no, uh, no discredit to Miles at all. But we've said since day one when he started playing, we can't rely on someone that young to be leading the line in a League One game in front of a crowd that are unhappy, restless, um, it's just not fair on him. Uh, and I thought he did as good a job as he could on on uh, Tuesday night. As the, somebody tweeted in earlier, as I said, the crosses were appalling. Um, mm. And I thought he gave it a good go. But yeah, him starting is, is a concern because as you say, Anike isn't fit. He's never going to be fit. Uh, and if Stockley isn't either, then then what else do we do? So uh, yeah, I, I, I think Miles has given 
everything he can. I think he's looked good in spells, but it's worrying that um, we feel we we can lead the line with him because it's not fair on him. Mm, and I, I do think that the ball didn't really stick to him as, you know, as I expected, unfortunately. I, I like Miles. I think he's got lots to offer. He's got a big future ahead of him and he's scored some good goals so far this season. But, you know, he's, he's a youngster. First touch isn't quite there yet, unfortunately, especially leading the line, needing to, to hold up play, which is one thing that Jaden does do. But at the same time, there has been questions about whether this style has suited him. Um, are, are, are we getting concerned at this? I mean, we... we, we we don't think we're going to push for playoffs, unfortunately, Ben. That's where we are. But we do want to be a competitive side in this division. And we've gone four without a win now. And there was a bit of a shake-up after that performance at Bolton. We didn't defend very well up at Bolton. Uh, we gave away a few chances on, on Tuesday night. Not as many as up at Bolton, but still some. Uh, and there, there was a bit of a shake-up. I mean, do, do you think Ben has, is seeing bits and pieces that he feels like need to change as well? Um. Yeah, I, I think the... As we said earlier, these half an hour spells we're having and we're not consistent with that, that's got to be worrying for him. That I, I think the Sheffield Wednesday game was quite a consistent away performance that we saw there. Unfortunately, we just didn't put a ball back in the net and, and they scored a very good, a good, good goal. Um, apart from that, our away form just hasn't kicked off yet, has it? We've, the, well, the Bolton game was like a five-minute period and then they were all over us and totally deserved a win. Apart from that, our, our away form, we've, we've done okay. So it's about bringing in different personnel and how they can affect it. And I think someone like Jack Payne um, keeping his spot, as I said, hopefully Fraser's um, ready to come into the team because we definitely missed him. Um, and now that back four is going to change again with Lavelle coming back into it because... Obviously, Innes is suspended. I don't think that's helped Wollacott in the last few games either. Having a back four that changes all the time, especially with Chin and Clayden changing um, as well. So, yeah, it's 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 difficult to put your finger on it at the moment of, of how we've not been consistent enough in games to get the points. But I, I guess it's just down to the depth of the squad. We haven't got enough people knocking on the door um, proving their worth to say, look, give me a chance, especially when he's talking about the likes of Kirk in training that he says not being good enough. Players aren't putting their best performances in because they're not the others aren't chomping at the bit to get it, or they're not there. They're not there, ready to come in. Mm, excellent. Right. Uh, well, let's hear a little bit more from Ghana. Looking ahead to uh, the game with Fleetwood, the Cod Army sit uh, two places, one point ahead of us uh, in the league table. Um, they've only lost once this season, I think, uh, which is a remarkable stat. Um, but they've uh, drawn five and only won two. So very similar start to us. We've uh, we've lost just one more game uh, than them. Uh, so looking ahead to the game, I asked Ben Garner what sort of challenge he expects uh, the Cod Army to uh, to give us. Yeah, a, a tough game. I've seen them play a couple of times this year already, and um, I think it's, uh, it's it's generally over the years been a difficult place for for teams to go. And they've um, a bit of a change in, in style, but they play with great energy and intensity. They've got quality. I think they've signed um, some really good players in this window. And uh, yeah, like like every game in League One, it, it's a tough game. We, um, we need to roll up our sleeves. We need to show a bit of character, and we need to go there and perform and try and get three points on Saturday. Yeah, we got a good win up there last season, having been on a difficult run. And obviously, with forward our win, that's one of those runs you don't want to see extending too too uh, too long. No, uh, of course not. And I think we, we've had a, a, a good start and. Um, 
you know, disappointing with probably three out of the last four games that we haven't taken more points. So, um, but we can't feel sorry for ourselves. There's just no time in this game. We have to uh, move forward very quickly. We have to show the right mentality and the right character. And three points can uh, change everything. As soon as you get that win, it breeds that confidence again. And um, that's what we need as quickly as we can. There we go. That's uh, Mr. Garner. And a bit of a cough he did on uh, on uh, Tuesday. Poor old Ben. Um, yeah, it, it will be a challenge. It's, it's, uh, I mean, we've, we've won there a couple of times you know, in our recent... Well, in our only visits. I think we visited there four times maybe and won, and won two or some, something along those lines. Maybe five uh, and won two. And we won there last week, last season. Funnily enough, Tom, actually on a difficult run. It turned out to be... Um, uh, Nigel Atkins' second win and final win of uh, of the league season last year, but it did come. It came when we needed a win. Uh, it sort of rewarded those visiting supporters. Uh, there weren't many up there last year. There'll be even fewer this year with the train issues and petrol prices and everything. Um, but it would be nice just to get. We, we need a lift. You know, I said this going into the Bolton game. Just need a bit of a lift now. We need three points on the road. We need our first away win of the season, and it would be bloody lovely if we can go and do it up there on the on the filed coast to re- reward. O- all those uh all those who are going up by coach yeah totally and it'd be very interesting to gauge the reaction if we were to win you know it doesn't even have to be comprehensive if we win one or two nil very interesting to gauge the reaction of fans going back to that sort of crisis question i was almost asking myself earlier um does that settle things down or, or does it just kind of paper over the cracks and hide what's really going on so yeah as we said earlier every game now comes that little bit bigger until we win because we've been on this this little weird run where where we've obviously lost one or two but but drawn a lot as well but as you say Fleetwood I think drawn five uh the only team to draw more than us in this division I think drawn four in a row didn't we before winning their last game so yeah it's uh you'd have your money on a draw wouldn't you but I don't think that's enough for us um we we need to go up there and we need to certainly push for the win and and as I say, if we can, if it can just kickstart something, that would be good because we haven't been awful this season. There's been one or two games. Um, but as Ben said, we were good against Sheffield away. I think Bolton was the only game where we were pretty largely outplayed for large portions of the game. So it's not like we're being outplayed every week. It's just we don't look like winning the games either, which makes sense given the amount of draws we've had. So if we can just get that to click, and I think you asked it last week or maybe the week before about you know, is the Plymouth game the real us or is the other games the real us? And I think it's becoming more and more obvious that it's it's not the Plymouth game. But that still happened. And, and it shows that if we can click, I'm not expecting us to go out and score six every week, but there is there is the, the makings of a good side there. As Ben says, I think squad depth is an issue. And uh, and at the moment, we're just in a little bit of a rut. But um, yeah, Saturday, perfect opportunity to try and put that right. Yeah, and we certainly uh, need to do that. I mean, it's um, with Ryan Innes out, then I guess Lavelle seems like the, um, the the obvious the obvious change for him. Is there anyone else that you'd be desperate to see come into the sides um, over the net? Would you like to see Jaden back? I guess if he's fit enough, which it sounds like he will be. Ben, I'd definitely like to see Jaden back. I think he gets made a bit of a scapegoat by the fans, uh, but realistically, we've seen. I, I personally think he's one of the best strikers in the division. Um, and I think he proved that last season. Unfortunately, his injury was out what, for about three months, didn't help. But obviously that came with a different formation. Him up front with Connor worked. Um, but yeah, look, what again, I totally agree with what Tom said. Um, you can't put the pressure on Miles like that and then fans start turning on him. It's, it's not fair. 
Um, but yeah, Lavelle back in. Love to see Fraser back in. Not sure if that's if he's going to be able to to be there. Um, but yeah, love seeing him back in. But yeah, regular more game time for Corey Blackett Taylor and Raksaki starting. Um, so that they can try and get some more consistency about their performance. I think he went missing a bit on Tuesday night, Raksaki, but then uh, came into it right towards the end again. Uh, Dickie Chin, I thought he made a good account of himself on um, Saturday on Tuesday night. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too. Um, yeah, I would like to see him back in the team again, and um, well, starting again from where he left off on Tuesday. So yeah, not not major changes. Um, just uh yeah i'd like to see stockley start and just try and get near him a lot more maybe if fraser is playing the i have pain just literally sitting off him because i think mm. that would help he yeah, just seems so more, isolated a lot more ruthlessness required as well right we've come to the end of this week's uh, big match preview another one of those shows where uh we didn't purely get to speak about football uh, unfortunately thanks to everyone who, who did send you messages in as i said we haven't been able to get to all of them because uh, quite a few have come in uh, but thank you for those who did. Uh, thank you to uh, to Tom and to Ben for speaking to me this week. Cheers, mate. Cheers, chaps. Good to speak to the pair of you. Tom's going up on the coach on uh, Saturday, so if you're sat next to him, make sure you're ready to give your post-match reaction to him for the, fan, uh, view, the views from the fans bar. Uh, I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Uh, we shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.